Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 91 titled The Columbia Experiment. And I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and hope you're enjoying and having a wonderful holiday season. This is one of my favorite times of the year here in Utah. We've been getting a lot of snow. It's really pretty outside and I had a chance to drive through Logan Canyon this morning on the way home from an overnight trip to a cabin with some uh, church group and the scenery in the canyon was beautiful. The trees were all flocked on the way up there last night. Uh, The temperature dropped down to one degree and so it was really cold but really beautiful. So hope you guys wherever you might be are enjoying the holidays, enjoying nature. One thing that the holidays tend to bring out for a lot of people is stress and I hope that all of you have found ways to not feel stressed and to uh, be able to enjoy uh, this season and not let the stresses of it, of the cultural pieces of it, bog you down. And if you do feel that way, I invite you to uh, kind of reassess your approach and see if there's some tweaks you can make in how you do things to make it an enjoyable time of year instead of a stressful time of year. So right now I've noticed that my high-yield savings account at Ally Bank has bumped up the interest rate to 3.3%. Just a a few short months in the past, it was paying, I think, 0.50 or half a percent. And so since the interest rates have been rising, uh, savings accounts have also been rising. So it's nice to be getting some money on cash accounts. It's uh, very much safe, 3.3%. And so for people with high cash cushions or large Um, amounts of cash. It's wonderful to be able to uh, harvest that 3.3%. So if you happen to have the bulk of your savings in a place like Wells Fargo or Chase or Bank of America, you're probably making 0.01%, which is, you know, a couple pennies a month maybe. And so if you have a high cash cushion, I would invite you to uh, open up an online savings account. It's really easy. And two good ones that I really like are Ally Bank and Capital One 360 uh, also has a high interest savings account. Um, Both have really nice apps that are easy to follow, easy to understand. Ally has a nice feature where you can segregate your money into buckets. So you can have, for example, a car bucket where you're saving for a car. You can have a charitable donations bucket where you're saving to give to charity. You can have any kind of You can have your money distributed into multiple buckets to keep track of what you're doing, which is a really nice feature. Uh, So this year reminds me of why the stock market tends to give an investor 10 to 12% typically, or not typically, but average. Uh, Right now this year has been full of volatility. Uh, We've had a lot of different crises in the world. The stock market has had really big swings, a lot of really down days where if you have a large amount of money, your account is going to go down by several thousand dollars possibly in just one day. And so the market's bumping all over the place. And this is why a lot of people don't like to invest in the stock market because 
if they check their balance every day, they'll see these big swings of big down days where your amount of money will drop by thousands of dollars and it just gives people a lot of stress. So this is why I think one of the reasons why the market ends up rewarding the patient and long-term investor because so many people jump out of the market during these times and sell when the market is down and go to cash and lock in their losses that the patient investor who will hang in there and not panic, not sell, will be able to uh, see those nice gains in the long term. But you can't really judge your portfolio just based off of six months or a year. There are going to be years where your market, your your value of your funds could drop 50%, like in 2008 or this year, where it's been down over 20% at times. <clears throat> so you have to be willing to kind of not be phased by that and not panic and be able to tolerate the volatility because a patient investor who's willing to accept that the stock market is volatile will be has been rewarded in the past and most likely will be rewarded in the future if the future looks anything like the past. Because if you think about the history of America, we've been through the Great Depression, we've been through a couple world wars, we've been through uh, the Twin Towers being uh, assaulted by terrorists, we've been through COVID, and we've been through the banking crisis of 08, we've been through so many different things, and yet, at the end of the day, our, we live in a wonderful country where uh, businesses and bright people keep flourishing and help you make money. And when you invest in an index fund, you're investing in the businesses of whatever segment of the market you're investing in. So as we get kind of close to the end of 2022, if you have not maxed out your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA, I would invite you to look at your finances to see if you can do so. Um, one other quick thing is making sure to check your investment accounts to make sure they are actually the money is actually invested in index funds and not in a cash account. So I think I told a story recently of a friend where he had invested, but we checked it real quick just to make sure everything looked good and his money was sitting in his sweep account or his money market account and would have been making nothing. Luckily, we caught that and he was able to get it invested in his total market index fund. So this year, the maximum you can contribute to an IRA is 6,000. If you're over 57,000 next year, it will bump up to 6,500 and 7,500 respectively. So uh, that's great. If, if the government is limiting how much you can invest in something like that, it means it's a good deal to invest because you're having the opportunity to have all of your gains tax-free in the future. Also, if you have a health savings account or an HSA and you can afford to max that out, those have a triple tax advantage. The money goes in pre-tax, grows tax-free, and is taken out without any taxes. So it's the only vehicle I'm aware of that allows you to do that. If you get into retirement and don't want to, you've hit age, I think it's age 65, but I'm not sure if you hit that age, where you have an HSA and you have a big balance and you don't want to use it for healthcare expenses, you can treat it like a traditional IRA and you will be taxed on the amount you take out based on your income tax brackets. So I hear a lot of questions about, should I wait until the market settles down and normalizes before I invest? A lot of people have gone to all cash 
and they're waiting to know the right time to jump back in. And there is not going to be an alarm or a bell that, sun, that signals the perfect entry point or the perfect exit point. Because when you sell, you have to find the right time to get out and you got to find the right time to buy back in. And so it's nearly impossible to be able to do that. Most people are not able to time the market, even though so many people claim they can. So what I like to do is just find a proper asset allocation and stick with it, not jump in and out of the market. So if you happen to jump out of the market and you're waiting for the market to settle down, I would invite you to uh, consider investing and getting that money to work for you back in the market. So I don't really believe in market timing. I believe in uh, playing the long game and knowing that your investments are going to go up and down and that's okay. Also would like to remind you to use index funds. Actively managed funds are funds where they hire someone to pick stocks and so they will actively manage those stocks throughout the year. That means they buy, they sell. There's a thing called a turnover ratio or turnover rate that is a percentage and sometimes with an actively managed fund it can be 100% or more, meaning they have sold 100% of the investments they had and bought 100% other ones. So every time there's a buy and a sell, that can be uh, that can be affected in your returns because you can if you have that in a traditional brokerage account you will get you can get a possible big tax bill because they tax on capital gains for example if they sell stocks in the fund that have made gains they have to pay taxes on those and so sometimes at the end of the year and this typically happens in mid December let's say you buy into an actively managed fund on December fifth and they distribute capital gains on December 16th. Let's say that fund lost 20% during the year, but some of those uh, sales in and out um, brought money in for them. And so you could be hit with a 20% loss plus a capital gain uh, tax bill that could really hit you hard uh, where you just started investing in the fund. With index funds, you never have to worry about that. Uh, they're very tax efficient because they have a low turnover rate. In other words, they don't buy and sell a lot throughout the year. I think most total market index funds, the turnover is like 6%. So there's not much buying and selling to trigger those capital gains. Now, as I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, I went with my wife and two of my boys down to the beautiful country of Colombia recently. We flew into Bogota, which is a city in Colombia. The capital sits at 8,661 feet above sea level. So it is up there. And we rode this awesome sky tram up to the top of a mountain above Bogota, which is above 10,000 feet. And up at that place, they had a small city. They had a beautiful church. It was so cool at the top of that where you could overlook the entire city of Bogota. It's very, very beautiful in Colombia. The high elevation combined with close to the equator, um, gives ideal weather kind of year-round where it's in the 70s, doesn't get very cold at night. There's beautiful jungle-like plants and flowers and leaves all around. Uh, found Colombia to be just a breathtakingly beautiful country. Uh, the cost of food is really cheap down there. We bought from street vendors. We would buy empanadas and other local things that they would make down there. Usually they were under a dollar to buy those kind of things. If we ate at a fan, <clears throat> excuse me, a fancy restaurant, those meals would typically be around ten dollars or less. Uh, the 
taxis, which we rode a lot down there. We got everywhere in taxis. And they were, for a 30-minute taxi ride, would be maybe $5. Most of our taxi rides were around $2. So taxis are super affordable down there, and there are thousands of them everywhere. They really Most of the cars are really small. So when we cram our family of four into the taxi and the taxi driver, so it was a crowded, crowded car. They were very small cars, uh, no seatbelts in the back. Uh, taxi drivers drive really fast and really crazy, and there are motorcycles everywhere darting in and out of the lanes and the cars. So it's a very different kind of traffic situation than we find here in the U.S., uh, but they somehow figure out how to make it work. Um, there were a few moments where uh, my heart skipped a couple beats, but we were able to get around. It was fun uh, talking with the taxi drivers and getting to know them and just getting to know the people down there. It was really exciting and fun. There was one time where one of my kids closed the door kind of uh, harshly, just kind of like we normally do here here in the United States, and the taxi driver gave him a nice long lecture about uh, closing the door softly because it's an act of aggression to the taxi driver if you close it hard. So uh, learn some good lessons about the culture down there. Uh, we stayed in an apartment that was in an apartment building up on, I think, the ninth floor. Beautiful um, balcony where we could overlook the city and, and Medellin, where we stayed most of the time, is a beautiful city. It used to be in the 90s, the one of the most dangerous cities in the world when Pablo Escobar ran his drug cartel out of that city. But they have since cleaned it up and it is just a gorgeous, nice city. And we felt safe everywhere we went. But this beautiful, it was a small but beautiful two-bedroom apartment we stayed in was under $100 a night. Uh, we also went, uh, my boys wanted to go get haircuts while they were there. So I took them to get haircuts. The stylist probably... It was a really cool second floor place in Medellin. It was at night. There were these two young, hip uh, stylists in there doing hair. And they probably took 45 minutes cutting their hair. And they only charged like $8 or something. So, And I ran into quite a few, not quite a few, but several Americans who lived down there. And uh, they said how much they enjoy it because it's such a low cost of living. And you can live a really nice lifestyle down there. They have a lot of nice accommodations in parts of the city. Um, there's also a lot of poverty, but the, there's also a lot of really nice areas. So to live down there though, you'd have to be comfortable with a very big city atmosphere, at least in these two cities. Uh, a lot of kind of commotion and noise and uh, chaos, but they have a lot of uh, outdoor markets where there's vendors selling all kinds of things. Those We found those all over Columbia, wherever we went. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to sell you stuff, so that can get a little annoying, but it wasn't too bad. It was fun to walk the streets and see the all the people selling things and trying some of the food they were selling, and we really enjoyed that. We, we were able to walk around at night and feel safe, and so it was fantastic. We also went on a, a ziplining adventure about an hour and a half outside of Medellin out in the country, and... The zip line that we went on was a thousand feet vertical drop and a few hundred yards long. So it was the coolest zip line ever. It was awesome. It was over a canyon and with a waterfall. And once we got over to the other side, we could sit in hammocks, overlook all these beautiful mountains that were green, had hydrangea and coffee bean fields up and down these uh, steep, steep mountains. 
and hang out in a hammock over there. And then we were able to hike down to a waterfall that was so powerful that it just drenched us. Uh, one neat thing, when we were in Bogota, uh, Bogota is known for emeralds. And so my wife wanted to get a small emerald necklace thing. And so we were in the jewelry stores down there. They had all of the jewelry stores in one in one, you know, multi-block sector of Bogota. And the reason they did that is because there's so much money in these jewels that they wanted to keep them all in one area so they could police them and protect them carefully so that they didn't get robbed. But that was really interesting. But in the city, there's a lot of, even though it's very crowded, there's a lot of trees and greenery. And on our balcony, we could sit and watch all these colorful birds, different kinds of tanagers and finches and other things. We saw some scarlet macaws from our balcony and just beautiful birds kind of flying in and out of the trees right in the middle of a really populated city. Um, and then we also went on a really cool hike in Medellin that was super steep up this mountain. And at the top of the hike, there was a really cool outdoor gym where they had all this equipment you could work out with. So that was really unique and really kind of entertaining and our, the apartment complex we stayed in also had this really beautiful out, open outdoor gym um, up on the 12th floor where you could overlook the city while you were working out. So it was really spectacular. And we also found the, the reason we went down there was to get medical treatment for my middle child. Uh, he, as I think I mentioned on here, he suffered a stroke and during brain aneurysm surgery. So we were in Columbia to for him to receive stem cell uh, therapy at Bioaccelerator, which is a clinic in Medellin. And that went really well. He was pretty sick a couple days, but he managed to get through it and managed to do a lot of fun things with us while we were there. So it was a really fun country to go to. I would love to go back. It was just fun to be there. It was fun to speak Spanish. My wife and I both speak the Spanish language, so that helped a lot. We didn't... Um, one thing we noticed is that not a lot of people speak English there. And so if you went down and you spoke no Spanish, it would be a little tricky because most of the people just speak Spanish. But overall, we had a few that weren't this way, but overall the people were really nice and really kind to us. And we really enjoyed kind of trying to learn about their culture, learn about them as people, meet different individuals in the streets. And it was just a lot of fun. That is mainly what I have prepared for today's podcast, a little bit different, but I hope everybody's doing great. Sorry the podcast has slowed down in production. I've just had a lot of other um, kind of interests I've been pursuing and things I've been doing, including the trip to Columbia. I will hopefully get into a more frequent pace, but like I've said before, I don't really have a complete plan or outline for how many times I'll be podcasting, but I will try to keep this going. I really enjoy doing it and bringing you content. Hopefully some of it can be helpful for you. But again, in summary, as you review your year, and I think it's wonderful to sit down with your spouse if you have one, or just with yourself if you're solo, and kind of talk about what you want your financial next year to look like, and what financial goals you want to achieve. How much do you want to save? How much of your money do you want to spend on trips? And Try to get your finances in a solid place so that you don't have to be stressed and you can reach the dreams and goals that you have. Remember, uh, this is this life, we only get one crack at it. So enjoy it, live it to its fullest. 
Uh, Take advantage of opportunities that come your way. And remember, the simple life is a good life.